This is 88.5 WFDD. I'm Bethany Chafin. When Old Salem Museums and Gardens first opened in the early 1950s, the focus was on telling the stories of the Moravians who settled in the Piedmont in the 18th century. But for several decades, one big part of the town's history was left out. The stories of the enslaved people of African descent who helped build Salem. Now, researchers and leaders at the museum are working to bring their stories to the forefront of the museum's public exhibitions. WFDD's April Leslie reports. Like thousands of other North Carolinians, Lucretia Berry took a field trip to Old Salem Museums and Gardens as a child. She learned about the Moravians, about how they were staunch pacifists and valued peace. But it wasn't until well into her 30s that she learned that slavery was even a part of Old Salem's story. I think it still didn't, it didn't hit me that, wait a minute, the Moravians are celebrated, but they weren't supposed to enslave people. Like, that was a part of who they were. Her shock turned into amazement when she learned that she was descended from enslaved people who lived and worked in Salem. You know, then the next time I visited Old Salem, I started touching the buildings in a different way. It gives me chills just to tell you the story. (laughs) She says that experience of connecting with ancestral history is one that many Black children miss out on. Many Americans whose um, ancestors were, you know, enslaved don't have a connection to their history or to their family. And so to then have such a concrete, (laughs) documented, like tangible connection still feels overwhelming. It's one reason Old Salem has moved in recent years to incorporate the stories of enslaved people into every part of the museum, including the pottery studio. On a bright February day, a row of clay tobacco pipe sits drying in a corner of the studio. As visitors enter, interpreter Jacob Chilton explains they're making them in homage to Peter Oliver, an enslaved African-American who worked in the shop. Uh, Peter Oliver stands out among a lot of the enslaved individuals who are living here in Salem, in part because his is a story where he's able to purchase his freedom within his lifetime, um, in part through selling pipe stems, which... Peter's story is one element of the Hidden Town Project, the museum's effort to showcase the contributions of enslaved people and freedmen. Frank Vagnoni, CEO of Old Salem, says the goal is to make sure visitors leave knowing a truth that had been overlooked for years. The Moravians could not have done what they did without enslaved labor. He says for decades, that aspect of the town's history was either siloed or entirely absent. When the museum first opened, the focus was on the white male Moravians who worked as tradesmen. Gradually, stories about white women were incorporated, but it wasn't until the 1980s that the museum turned its attention to the enslaved Africans and freedmen who lived and worked in the town. That began with the restoration of St. Philip's Moravian Church, which served people of African descent. The museum focused on using that space to tell the story of the enslaved people in Salem. But if you didn't go up Church Street to the fringe of the district, you really didn't get that narrative because the story of the enslaved was placed in this church, which is on the fringe. It remained on the fringe. Vignoni says the first step was digging into the research. Eventually, they discovered records confirming 35 separate dwelling places for enslaved people once existed in Salem, a kind of hidden town, hence the name. Some of what they found countered a prevailing narrative that had been circulating, that the Moravians had been benevolent enslavers. We have writings of the Moravians that state, for instance, this one instance where a Moravian beat a runaway slave so badly that the Moravian had to go home and take a nap. It's in, I'm not making that up. 
It's in there. A centerpiece of the project was the text panels placed in each Old Salem building that explained how people of African descent were connected to it. Then, staff had to be trained to incorporate the new research into their historical interpretations for the public. Not everyone was on board, Vagnoni said. There were people who didn't like this idea. There were people who didn't want to fully embed these narratives because um, they felt uncomfortable talking about it um, or considered it difficult history. And of course, the response is, well, it's difficult for you, (laughs) you know, but uh, I don't know about you know, the African-American Black population that's coming to visit us, they want to hear the stories. For Lucretia Berry, the long-standing omission of those stories has been frustrating. She says shortly after she learned about her connection to Old Salem, she came across an old PBS documentary about the town and started watching. It was, you know, so well done. And I kept waiting for them to talk about, you know, the, the free labor that they had. And they didn't. And I burst out crying. She says the Hidden Town Project is one step in the right direction. I hate to say going above and beyond because the standard is pretty low. So I will say, um, you know, setting a precedent, being a model, um, kind of leading the way for, you know, for restoring stories, value, dignity, restoring history. COVID-19 has stalled her plans to view the Hidden Town exhibitions in person. The museum closed for months and is now operating fewer buildings with a fraction of its staff. But Barry says soon it will be her daughter's turn to take a field trip to Old Salem, and she's looking forward to being a chaperone. For WFDD, I'm April Leslie.